0: Welcome to a bonus Pounding the Pavement episode of Half the Star. We're sharing some extra interview content from our chat with Rory and Candace from Screaming Beaver Productions, where we have a chat a little more about their work, the island theater scene, and a theater event called Pounding
1: the Pavement. Pounding the Pavement, celebrating and amplifying artists from the fringe is an island fringe festival production in partnership with the Confederation Center of the Arts with support from Innovation PEI and the city of Charlottetown.
0: Island artists who identify as Indigenous, BIPOC, 2S, LGBTQ+, and those with a disability come together to tell their own stories from their own perspectives. Performances are made up of 10- to 20-minute vignettes that explore people's journeys of discovery to having their voices heard, be they personal explorations, activism for equality, etc. And presented as dramatic readings of original poetry and plays, songs, dance, and stand-up comedy.
1: So enjoyed this bonus episode with this pair of great artists that enrich the culture of Prince Edward Island. Please be joined by Rory and Candace of Screaming Beaver Productions. You know, we
0: started this whole half a star branding at the 2018 Fringe Festival when we did our stupid little show that I I loved doing, but Yeah. Um, basically everybody in our audience was always talking about this other show that was going on
1: yeah, during, this, uh, during, during our show, which they was were, lovely. During, they um, were say, I can't wait till this show's over and I can go get uh, good seats for uh, for Realization. Yeah, they were like, oh man, I can't
0: wait till Havastar's over so I can go see Realizations for the fourth time. I don't
2: understand how hard it was to get seats in that venue. It was, we were packed every night, so I don't blame those people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, realizations. I, I were you screaming Beaver at the time, or did that come afterwards?
3: It came after. No. Initially, we were small
2: menace. No, nope.
0: nope, small
2: town <laughs> queer menace productions.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: But we wanted so that the, the the so that it was stick 'em up. So it was yeah. STQMP.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that.
2: It didn't last long. Didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> it was too long. <laughs> it was too hard to write. And the abbreviation just like stick 'em up for what? Like. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> wanted an angry vaginal representation yes. instead. So now we
3: have to- <laughs> ideal,
0: really yeah. nice. Um, yeah, yeah, and and so that show. I mean, as much as anything can take the Island Fringe Festival by storm, uh-huh. like the like the, the the critical and popular reaction to that show was something I had. I don't think I had ever seen before it's it has since been remounted uh to again great acclaim at the at the guild in charlottetown um also uh something i didn't see was salty um at the the fringe it up or whatever oh yeah getting getting fringy with it or whatever it was called
2: yeah get fringy with it (laughs) get accepted into fringe last year so uh candace was like we can't not do anything so she literally wrote a scene and then was like this will be a small part of something I'll write later, mm. but, but nice you talk about what salty was about
3: yeah, so because all gay people can write about is being gay um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, salty is about small town connections in in kind of like the exploration of of queerness and how when you exist somewhere in like Charlottetown, and I mean I'm sure you both know the dating pool for. You two, lovely cis, heterosexual white folks are very narrow, is it? Maybe. I mean, you're not really in Charlottetown, Justin, so you don't count. Um, but when you move that and you're focusing kind of like just on the queer folks here, everyone has some connection with everyone else who identifies mm-hmm. like within the queer spectrum. And it's very hard to get away from that. So what Salty did was kind of, it was based on five primary characters and showed how there was connections between all five of them. Um, some of them were very obvious. Some of them were more nuanced. Um, it handled a lot of kind of homophobia, uh, drug use, addiction. Um, but very the, light. Very light. <laughs> I think right is like totally like just like a breakfast after school. Hilarious. That makes make sense. No one has breakfast after school.
1: I love watching a good play after after breakfast. You know, <laughs> after school at like eight in the morning. <laughs> make sure you do your homework, Justin. No, I'm watching Candace's play. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, mom. Uh,
3: <laughs> a super quick was it I think twenty minute runtime for the scene? Yeah, I think it was short. Yeah.
2: It was just a scene with uh, myself and Marley Tricarton who has been a part of our company slash iterations of our show yeah. since the uh the inception of Realizations. It was conceived. Yeah. She mm. was actually one of our leads in the original Realizations and yeah. now she's integral to the company. Yes. Great.
3: But our hope with Salty is to, it's almost like a full play now. um, And our hope is to bring it to some stage at some point.
0: Nice. So whenever
3: we can actually enjoy theater in person again.
0: That's the dream.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Just going off of sort of what you were saying about the connections in the community and stuff, I'm curious as to what you think about PEI and Charlottetown specifically as a theater scene Mm -hmm. in terms of its like, potentials and opportunities but also its limitations maybe um you've been involved in it longer than i have
2: i have a lot of thoughts
1: <laughs> um, I, I could see the gears turning through a Zoom screen
2: <laughs> well so okay part of the reason that we started screaming beaver productions or part of the reason that i invest in the work that i typically invest in is to to Because, I mean, okay, so you folks know, but I guess I'll explain for listeners who maybe don't know, um, the Charlottetown theater scene is either professional or almost non-existent, or it shows up in these (laughs) weird pockets where there's like, so you have the Confederation Center and you have the Guild, which are like the Charlottetown. So I'm not talking, I'm not talking Georgetown or Victoria or where the Mm -hmm, other sort mm -hmm. of professional theaters are, but like. mainly you have Confed Center and you have the Guild and like for the most part you're gonna get uh your big ticket things there especially with Confed Center um and since Adam Brazier has come on it's shifted dramatically which has been really great but there's also sort of been that there's an audience that you know they have to play for and so there's that and then with the Guild um it's really great and they do give opportunities to emerging artists But it's also really really hard for any emerging artists to break even in any sort of of space that requires any sort of money. And so that's why the Island Fringe Festival, and this is why like we're fringe buddies and why most of my work ends up coming out in fringe if it wasn't like at the university when I was still in the theatre program there. But with fringe it's like all of these theatre artists that kind of have nowhere to go during the year can finally apply and can finally do their own work in an independent way and not be too stressed out about the finances of it. And like, Mm -hmm. you can really kind of explore your craft in that without being freaked out about the administrative side of it. And so with with Screaming Beaver and with us, with having a queer focus, um, my big thing has always been edutainment Um, So like really wanting to have important messages in the shows and also educating a mostly white, mostly cis, mostly hetero audience in a way that isn't necessarily threatening. And so I think that art is a really great way to do that. But unfortunately, because of how professional the system is in terms of making money and things like that. Like, there aren't any, like, really independent black box theater spaces to go. So if you're gonna do something like Fringe throughout the year, you kind of have to have good connections or you just have to, like, know the right people or you have to try and, and, I mean, as you both know, get funding or enough money to put yourself in a space like the Guild. So we were lucky enough when we remounted realizations, like we applied for an arts grant, and you know we had different sources of fun- funding. We also had a Rising Youth Grant because nice. um, a lot of our cast was under thirty, and so we qualified for that. But without those grants, we might have broken even but like we really wanted to like the work that we do is often especially with realizations it's very heavy it's a, it puts a lot on the actors and on the crew and you know we really want someone to walk away with some kind of money and what's great about fringe is that all the money goes to artists there too yeah. and so you know you hype it up and you try to get the big audiences and you 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 try to make some Money so that you know at least everyone in your cast is going home with some money in their pocket Even though yeah. everybody knows it's not about the money. Did that answer your question? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean and I, I don't think it's not not about money either, right? Like I, I, like if we if we're putting in such uh Like like you say like such heavy work and, and such a, a, a large amount of work. It is nice to receive some sort of um, recognition or financial compensation, I guess, for that too. And it's so, like was, a
3: wild idea that artists should be paid. What?
0: Get out of here.
1: What are you talking about? What
3: the hell?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going <laughs> to say... <laughs> uh... I <laughs> As I was listening, I was like, I think I could listen to Rory explain the present state of the Charlottetown theater scene just as like a TED Talk kind of thing, just to be like, yeah. yeah. I had to diagnose the
0: Charlottetown theater scene from one of my theater classes one time, and I sort of said that it was the same 60 people going to see each other's shows over and over and over again. You know? Right,
2: and what I was going to say with regard to Bounding Pavement was like that, so I think there's there's no more than 15 creators and there's this private Facebook group now. So folks can like get together and talk about logistics. Um, and so it's interesting because another friend of mine has never participated in fringe. Um, she's one of those on the, on the edge. Who's like, I don't really consider myself a performer, but I want to do performing and like, she's, she's brilliant. She does stand up and poetry and like, um, really cool stuff but we were talking she's like I just feel like you know everybody in that pounding the pavement group and I know nobody <laughs> and it is it it does kind of become like that in the in the theater scene and I've had a lot of conversations recently with people where I'm like sometimes that actually ends up disadvantaging folks especially when people yeah. start thinking like oh well I know everyone who's in the theater scene so I'm not even gonna hold auditions and I right. can't tell you how much it pisses me off when someone doesn't hold auditions. We haven't held auditions before. We have held auditions. <laughs> <Not> for Salty. <laughs> yeah but Salty was just a little piece. So, I know, and realistically, so- no, 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 I get it. Okay, but my main thing, no, 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 no. Okay, fine. fine, fine. Oh, how embarrassing for you. <sighs> yeah, okay, so
3: I'm-
1: You heard it here, folks. It
0: and see, so this yeah. is the magic of Half a Star's Best Friends Month, because what we've been doing throughout July is having pairs of guests on at once. <laughs> and so you really get this interesting dynamic of having two hosts and two guests, and like Justin and I are really good at nattering at each other, and right. so it's always put the third person at a disadvantage that way. But now that we have that sort of square of people going on, yeah. it, it kind of shoots off in all directions and it makes it really <laughs> Oh,
2: fun. yeah. No, totally. So, yes, I will rescind some of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like when, when, when some folks don't hold auditions or when you don't hold auditions just because you think you know everybody. Mm. With Salty, we literally put that together in like a week or two. We had to grab one of our friends and go. Right. Okay. It wasn't a month. It was a couple weeks. Well, By the time you had the script fully written, it was a couple weeks. Okay. We're going to get into domestic and break uh-oh. up on this call. <laughs> we're also, we're not only working partners, we're partner partners. Yeah. Until do the it. end of half a star.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's such an honor to have the two of you on here for uh, Screaming Beaver's last public appearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fuck. Uh, Yeah, thank you for that. But another really awesome thing about Panoramic the pavement is that everyone that is involved is in some, they're all folks that have been made marginalized by like Mm. oppressive systems, right? So it's either, um, so
2: not you guys. Yeah, not (laughs) the two of you. Happy to Uh, hear it. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So it's either, uh, folks identify as BIPOC, queer, both, um or an acronym that is actually really brilliant that i can't remember right now
0: oh Um, yes i have it i have it right here actually
2: d-d-m-s-t-c-a yeah i have a weird name that's perfect but it stands for uh deaf disabled mad sick
0: i've got it right here in front of me where do you read it d-d-m-s-t-c which is deaf or hard of hearing, disabled or a person with a disability, yeah. mad slash mentally ill psychiatric care survivor, S for sick, spoony slash survivor, mm-hmm. T for trauma impacted, and C for colonized.
3: Yeah, yeah so that's just, it's, it's fucking brilliant, and it's bringing voices that may not normally have the opportunity to do theater, and I think that Fringe is really kind of stepping up, and I'm super stoked and to be a part of it this year mm-hmm. as yeah. token homosexuals
2: <laughs> as token homosexuals i
0: like I, I
2: we're not just homosexual we also have some gender identity things going on too sweet
0: we live for the intersections um <laughs> Yeah, and, and so uh, pounding the pavement is uh, is a Ooh. performance that Fringe is putting on. It, it is from August twelfth to the fourteenth, and it is taking place at the Confederation Centre Amphitheater, which, yeah. is which is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. awesome. Yeah, and I'm shout super the, pumped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shout
1: out to the Confederation Centre sharing their uh, their their space. I know yeah. we talked we talked a little bit earlier about them being one of the professional uh, institutions in Charlottetown, yeah. so it's great when they can uh, share some of their resources with uh, with the community for. Uh, events such as this. That's no, totally.
2: awesome. Totally. Uh, and shout to, out to Island Fringe and Grace Kempinski because I don't think mm-hmm. I have ever worked with anyone who like hustles as much as Grace does.
0: Yeah. Huge like, friend it, of the show.
2: Yeah. Like I don't know if pounding the pavement would have necessarily happened like without her being like, okay, let's go. We got to yep. do something, everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Literally pounding the pavement. Just Literally <laughs>
2: pounding the pavement. Yeah. Thank you, Grace, if you're listening
0: well Uh, it it just it just speaks to like the the creativity and ingenuity that the arts sector has in such a weird time Mm -hmm. to be able to like like jury rig this like show Mm -hmm. within the public health measures and still have it be at the high caliber you know like it's totally it's very impressive
3: yeah it's cool
1: do you both happen do you have a show in uh pounding the pavement this year
3: doing a collaboration um with our friends claire byrne and joss rayon and it's It's a very interesting process that I, myself, Rory, I think has kind of been involved with doing things maybe like this before. No, it's a very collaborative process where we're exploring and giving place for stories about folks who are mixed race and also identify as being bisexual. Um, For the audience, Rory and I are not mixed race. We are very white presenting (laughs) Um,
2: Candice likes to say that I'm white sometimes because I'm Jewish. Yeah, they're white until <laughs> I'm white until white supremacists yeah. want to come for me and then
1: Ah, uh, yes. No yeah.
2: more white, just <laughs> Jew. Just uh, <laughs> fun. Um,
1: That's really so- funny. But
3: <laughs> well, my role in it is writing um, the parts of the white racist people um, which is challenging, but, um, I will hold those white tears and process my own white guilt on my own time.
2: Um, but it's, not to, it's been so hard for me being white, writing about bad white people. Like, that's not, that's not to So we're going to email you tomorrow and say, could you just cut that out? <laughs> no, keep it in. It's important. The yeah. processing, the processing yeah. is fucking important.
3: Totally. But the, the point of the show is really listening and, and hearing, um, Joss and Claire share their experiences and I am just honored that they wanted us to be part of of sharing these stories and I think it's going to be fucking incredible. It's going to make a lot of people really uncomfortable but like what is the point of art if it doesn't kind of move you from where you're at right?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah and I think what's cool for us is that we're doing this in more of like a devised way rather than a oh we need to write a solid script and then we're going to rehearse and then we're going to do this like we've just been getting together and Candice has these like awful like white people prompts um, of just like like microaggressions and things that right. white mm. people say that they wouldn't think was so bad. But right. then you know we have uh, so then Claire and Joss have been kind of just like improv conversation that they would have sort of based on um, like how they would react to those things, and we've just been recording that and trying to create from that. So so that's also a, a new process.
0: I mean, I've I've never gone full autobiographical on anything I've ever written. Just you went pseudo. Of, I went I went like I, w- I went pretty close with Nutshell. Yeah. Um, but everything else that I've written has only ever been like personally inspired, but not autobiographical.
1: What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> That's a line from Nutshell that appeared at least six to seven times uh, on one page in one page. Uh, in
2: one page. <laughs> <laughs> nutshell was fun all three of us were involved in that one
1: that was a party That was that well that was that was that was an
0: example of just like what Candace is talking about uh because like I wrote this script I didn't really know what to do with it I got into the island fringe and my first stop was Rory I was like absolutely <laughs>
2: right
0: <laughs> yeah I was like who else am I gonna trust to put this from the page to the stage other than Rory like you know it's oh. just like
1: it was a no-brainer
2: Thank then, you Ben. I'm
1: then not. I got to come home because of a natural disaster happening in Alberta. And right, that to, was
2: the fires. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was And then uh, we basically got to play each other. Yeah, it was <laughs> uh that was fun. Uh I was working I was working at Most Wanted that summer at a at the a pawn shop in mm. Charlottetown and uh I decided since uh, the character was uh going through uh, Uh, he stopped taking his anxiety medication and, uh, he didn't leave the house for two weeks. So I was like, I want to like, I want to feel physically different. Like what would happen if I didn't shave for like a sustained period? Uh, so about. Two two months I didn't shave, which I think to uh, someone with a normal facial hair that <laughs> it looked like two weeks on someone else. Uh, so I went I went a <laughs> summer
2: patches. Yeah, basically. It's like, <laughs> yeah.
1: did you not shave in two weeks? It's like, yeah, try two months. Uh, <laughs> so I remember going to work for that whole summer uh, having like that like scuzz on my face, my hair just very matted. And then uh, when the show ended, I, I finally shaved and got my hair cut. And my boss saw me and was like, "Whoa, oh, look at you go. And I was like, yeah, we just finished the show. And I just did it just to kind of, you know, try something. And he was like, yeah, before you looked like you got dumped. But now you look like you dumped somebody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> trying to think of the timeline on this.
1: <laughs> would have been, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it would have been 2016, thank you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a hell of a summer. It was great to come home and uh, speak my friend's words under my other friend's direction, performing with a bunch of my friends. So yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, I, I definitely I hang my hat on that memory. It's very, I love it.
2: <laughs> and our theater professor did a cameo oh, yeah. in that show with us, too. <laughs> like, we brought everybody in. Still held auditions.
0: Yeah, that, was, true. that was such a feather in my cap that he did that i was yeah. so pumped
2: <laughs> oh because he hates acting shout out to greg you're
3: definitely yeah.
0: listening to this <laughs> no, no way is he listening to this <laughs> no it's
3: just i think one of the things about like coming into the theater scene and realizing like man greg just wants to help people succeed in making theater in yeah. whatever capacity he can lend himself to that he's doing it it's his own time it's his free time it's whatever he has access to within like is UPEI space? It's so incredible, yeah. And I feel like so much the PEI theater. Like I know that you went on your, but it's just it's such an inclusive supportive community that was really incredible to discover like pretty much right immediately out the gate like everyone is going to help you because everyone wants everyone else to succeed
0: and i think that's pretty pretty fucking awesome yeah and i think in general we all want it to be bigger than it is
3: yeah (laughs) you know what you know what i mean like i don't i don't
0: think there's anybody out there right now that's like Mm. i'm happy with as many people that as are in it right now this is this is good for
1: me it's fine (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) I like desperately want UPEI to get a black box theater so that I can rent it from Greg. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah.
2: I think like that's really like we need an affordable, legitimate theater space, like just just you know basic basic needs met, um, but like something that we can actually access. So actually, I'm on the uh, the Creative Hub Steering Committee as the theater rep, and Ooh. so I'm really like going for that amateur theater vibe of like people need a place to rehearse and people need a place to to do shit without having to pay so much money
0: yeah yeah absolutely well that's as good a segue as any uh this is generally the uh the part of the show where we turn it over to our guests to sort of uh plug or promote or talk about anything they want to talk about Uh, in terms of projects or, I don't know, TV shows you've been watching that you're really into. I know the world's really weird right now, so whatever you want to promote, if you want to promote something.
2: I mean, we did talk about pounding the pavement already. I also feel like our half-a-star story wasn't even that much of a a half-a-star story.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, from hearing it, I'm just like, I don't know how I'd be like, oh, here's my trauma. Let's do it again. That is, uh, (laughs) yeah. That sounds exhausting. You gotta and be
2: some sick and twisted.
1: I mean, we, we had somebody come on the show before that was like,
0: uh, my half a star story was that I decided to give up this crazy lucrative job I had to move to New Brunswick to be a stand-up comedian where I became super famous for doing it.
2: Wow. That's so definitely. we're like, okay. That's a lot of stars, I <laughs> think. Sounds like more than half.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, it's, it, it, it's quite interesting uh, how our guests interpret like what half okay. a star actually means. Uh, but ultimately, we end up enjo- really enjoying the uh, the experience of uh, of hearing and sharing what the story was and where what kind of journey it took them on.
2: Right. Okay. Well then. All
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't. Know, well, anything to so, Anything to plug?
2: I mean, I know that Candace talked about pounding the pavement and the sort of screaming beaver and our friends Claire and Joss collab. Um, but I'm also going to plug uh, Jay galant's new script. Ooh. Because uh, I'm I'm helping him out right now, uh, dramaturging that, and he has such a cool concept to explore gender mm. identity within um, that I think like both of you would be super into. And I'll tell you what it is uh, off recording because I know that the that Jay wants to keep it secret, but sure. it's so cool. Sure. And like when I was reading the script, it was just the coolest thing. Um, so I'm very excited. It's, he's going to do an excerpt from his script, What's Eating You, um, about cool. someone's discovery of their own trans identity. And, nice. Yeah. So really cool.
0: Shout out to Jay as well. Uh, a nutshell cast member. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Was-
2: oh my God. I also forgot about that. Jay was the therapist. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. forget. A new director. To- I to- totally there killed there it too. A lot of people in Great yeah. the Great <laughs> job.
0: Yeah, we did we did fringe the exactly wrong way. We had a massive cast.
2: Yeah, that one was hard to organize. but so was Realizations. We had True. a lot of people- You you have a
0: habit of doing that.
2: Uh, I tried hard not- it's not even me. I had to- I tried to cut our Realizations 2.0 cast down to five and we couldn't- like, because? not enough men would audition. Oh, Ben! Oh my, was that me? Yes. <laughs> We had have a list of over 20-some men
3: to play these roles. And, like, granted, they're not going to make whoever plays them look like a good person. They're not, they're flattering. Men they're men not flattering male roles. But I think we went through, like, over 24, like, direct ads. Like, we couldn't even audition at this point. It was, like, direct hmm. ads. Because um, we did have some amazing auditions, but some of them just, it, it just wouldn't have worked, like, in this role for this time and this piece. Um, but a lot of men just did not feel comfortable being... What so many uh, women and femmes and queer folk have experienced men being. Right. So that was a lot of fun to have to go through that process.
2: For the record, if Ben had more time, he would have auditioned. Yes. And we don't <laughs> hold it against him.
3: Yeah, I was in the
0: middle of punch-up at that time, I think, wasn't yes, I? Yes, yeah. I
2: think so. Yeah. Yeah, so initially we wanted
3: one male character to play all four male roles, um, but no one was willing to do that. It's pretty heavy for one guy. Mm. So We we ended
2: up casting it as three again (laughs) anyway. Right. Yeah. But I always try to condense things. It just doesn't always go my way.
0: (laughs) Do you want to talk about that other thing you're helping out with? as tangentially as you're helping out with your friend who you're
2: oh yeah oh my my uh my just little deck talks with my friend about what she's doing yeah no I have no idea what hers is going to be called I know she's a little nervous about it but also she's amazing her name's Julie Bull um mostly she's an academic but she's actually a brilliant creator in terms of uh stand-up and poetry and like she wrote her PhD and like infused a ridiculous amount of poetry into it and was just basically like all of her review boards or whatever she was like okay fuck you guys like i'm doing this like i'm still gonna teach you the way i would teach if i was writing a regular traditional phd Mm. but you're getting this as well and so um I've just been sort of like throwing things at her when she's like, I'm nervous, what am I gonna do? And I'm like, do a fusion of your, the same way I would say, well, just write a script. I'm like, do a fusion of your stand up and your poetry. And she's like, I never thought of that. I'll be right back. And then leave. <laughs> And then like the like even the other night, she was saying something like, I hope she starts her show like this, and maybe I'm gonna ruin it for people, but I'm gonna say it anyway. But like <laughs> the other night we're just sitting there and we're just having a conversation. She's like, Yeah, like when I was eleven years old, I wrote this paper on capital punishment. And I was like, That's how you need to start your show. <laughs> like,
0: that's really that's great.
2: Yeah, I was like, you know, just thread yourself through it, that'll tie it together. And she's like, I never thought of it that way. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> like, So yeah, I'm very excited to see what she comes up with. I'm excited to see what comes out of this collaboration with Claire and Joss. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Jay's stuff. I know that um, Tanya, Nicole, she has a piece in Pounding the Pavement too. I'm excited to see everything in Pounding the Pavement. Just excited that we're gonna be able to be doing something because fringe is my favorite thing every summer.
0: Absolutely. August 12th to the 14th at the Confed Center Amphitheater. So keep an eye out for that if you're in Charlottetown.